The Hard Shoulder with Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Okay, it's uh, that time of the week. John Kelleher, the producer and former director of film classification, joins me in the studio to preview this week's new releases on the big and the small screen. John, uh, we've got a, an Oscar winner on the telly in the form of Helen Mirren, and uh, then we've got two films opening with a bit of an Oscar buzz about them already. Let's start with the first one, the big one this weekend, Joker. This is this is a remarkable film. I didn't really think I was going to like it. I'd heard that it was grim and dark and bleak. And it's all of those things, but it's also extraordinarily compelling to watch. It's really, really good. And it's definitely Oscar territory, uh, notably okay. Phoenix. Right. Uh, but we, we'll get to him in a second. Um, it, this is an origin story. It's from the DC universe, obviously. So in this story, what are um, the origins of Joker? Well, in a way, I think what's good about this is that you don't have to be a kind of a, an aficionado, you know, okay. of the DC Comics universe. You, there are there are there are obvious references to um, the 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 Batman Joker thing in the sense that one of the main one of the char- strong characters is in fact Bruce Wayne's dad, mm-hmm. but the, the it is an it is a kind of it's a reimagining it's a very original kind of reimagining of the story. It's set in 1981 in Gotham City. Read New York City, mm-hmm. and New York looks amazing. Like it's, it's a beaut- this is a beautiful film to see. It's brilliantly photographed. Cinematography is fantastic, but um, the the central character is the man who will become the Joker, and that is he is played by Joaquin Phoenix. He's um, he he works for Peanuts as a street clown, like holding up a placard mm-hmm. to promote a, a shop, a store, or to. Uh, perform for sick kids in hospitals. His burning ambition is to be a stand-up comic, but he's not a bit funny. In fact, he's he's a very sad character. He's had a very, very sad life. This is <clears> King <throat> of New York territory, isn't it? It is very much so. It's it's uh, it's like, well, King of Comedy and, and um, Taxi Driver. Okay. There's real Scorsese influences in, in this. But he he was abused as a child. Now he's an adult. He's been institutionalised. He's out, but he has to check for his meds every week with the city official. And then the meds are cut off because there's cutbacks in the city. He's a real loser, a social outlier, if you like. Mm-hmm. I mean, loser in inverted commas. And he's teased and mocked and bullied and then and then mugged, badly mugged. And then he's gets fired from his job. And his life goes from bad to worse. This all sounds terribly... You know, depressing. It's mm-hmm. not actually. It's done. It's it's vividly um, filmed, brilliantly directed. Uh, but then there's the moment when he achieves his fifty. I don't want to give you a spoilers, mm-hmm. but he achieves his fifteen seconds of fame on live television, and uh, he snaps, and the rest is. Uh, uh, Okay, now you, you've talked about it's beautifully filmed, so obviously the, the DP knew what he was doing. Uh, the director is uh, a guy whose uh, his, his CV includes The Hangover. So yeah, you wouldn't, wouldn't have thought, you, you yeah. wouldn't, uh, and Borat. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, so well, so maybe Todd he, Phillips. Yeah, he gets, he gets comedy or possibly dark comedy, but a, a movie like this will stand or fall by the performance. Uh, of the actor who's taking the lead role. Now, when you think of the Joker, right, uh, from my generation, the original Joker was Cesar Romero. And I think Jack Nicholson probably 
um, took his lead from that. He, he, Cesar Romero was pantomime back in the old uh, Adam West days. Jack took that and he, he gave it a, a psychosis. But then along came Heath Ledger. And he, that Keith Ledger's performance, in my opinion, is one of the greatest ever on celluloid. It is an extraordinary performance. Now, subsequently, we found out the cost of that performance. I mean, he had to go to a very dark place to do it. And when you look at it now, it's extraordinary and it's incredibly painful. But how do you beat that? And people are saying that Joaquin Phoenix has actually surpassed that. He has. How? He has. Because it's the most extraordinary. I think this is a performance that will, like, stay with viewers. And when you for, said Oscar, by the way, you're talking about him. Oh, totally, yeah. It'll probably win more than that, but it's it's definitely him. He's, he's, he's I think he's odds on, you know, for the Oscar. By the way, just very quickly before we go on, I know, because I don't want to say any more and spoil it for people, but it is grim and, and there's been a lot of controversy about the violence and um, the extent of it and the nature of it or... or what the violence is saying about the people perpetrating it. I'm not entirely sure what the controversy is about. but Yeah, and it harks back also to The Dark Knight, the, 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 the tragedy of the, the mass shooting mm. in the cinema in, was it Denver? That's right, yeah. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of kind of connections to that. Uh, so it, you, you can't avoid that kind of okay. um, thing. But this would be a must-see for you. Oh, I, I didn't think, as I said, I didn't think I'd like it. I'm going to go again. Wow. Uh, it is it's a remarkable film. It's well, a I, really well-made, brilliant... I, I saw the uh, trailer uh, of it and I thought, well, I don't think so. And then my son um, texted me recently, said, are we going to go and see The Joker? And I went, I don't know. He said, oh, listen, no, no, it's great. I, I'm reading all the reviews. I want to see it, so I'm, I'm, I'm going. But on your recommendation as well. And his. <laughs> OK, uh, let's move to uh, the small screen. Catherine the Great has been heavily uh, trailered on Sky Atlantic and it kicks off on Thursday at 9pm. Four-part historical drama following the story of the Empress of Russia. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. I haven't seen it, but um, it's Helen Mirren, of course, wearing a crown. Not for the first time. <laughs> and um, she was the German-born empress, uh, became empress of Russia. Um, and it's a sort of everyday, as far as I can see from the promos and the publicity, it's an everyday tale of political intrigue and ambition, murder, and, and a great deal of rogering, I think. Am I allowed to say that word? Oh, yeah, you can. I, I couldn't, but you can. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and look, Helen, uh, Helen Mirren makes almost anything she's in better. Uh, um, I'm just wondering, though, um, in the bits of the trailers that I've seen, she's got to portray Catherine over a long span of time. And I'm just wondering whether, and you know, she's a fabulous woman, but she is a woman of a certain age. I'm just wondering, is the makeup that good? Does she carry that off or, or you know, are we going to be going, ah, here? Well, maybe so, but I think it's mainly set uh, in the latter part of her life. Okay. So she is playing the more like the older Catherine for most of the time. Perhaps so she's in absolute flashbacks. control. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's interesting because there have been so many m- movies about Catherine the Great, a, mixed, a very mixed bag. I mm-hmm. mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones did one back in um, 1996, uh, really? Uh, yeah, it was a TV movie. I think oh, okay. I don't. I don't remember it I terribly well. But there, there was one line in it which is, "I'm about to seize the throne of Russia. What on earth shall I wear?" So that might give you a, a hint. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I mean, look, if you like big costume dramas uh, and and sumptuously filmed and and costumes and out, outfitted and probably gorgeous looking, and let's face it. Helen Mirren is good in almost anything she's ever done. She's eminently watchable. And a director who has form as well. He's he's done um, The Crown and uh, Prime Suspect, oh. of course, 
with Helen. Okay, yeah. but now her lover in this, um, um, Jason Clark, he plays Potemkin, which people will know as you know, the battleship. The battleship. Potemkin. But he, he, uh, he's Australian and he didn't lose his Australian accent for this, apparently. No, I gather not. <laughs> he's, he's, he's kept a bit But of... it doesn't get in the way. I hope not. <laughs> well, I suppose maybe it's better than somebody doing a bad Russian accent. Um, right, back to the movies again. And let's talk about Oscar Buzz number two, because uh, Judy, the story of Judy Garland, uh, opens this week featuring uh, Renee Zellweger. Now, there's a couple of things about this. Um, do we need a, a, a Judy Garland biopic? But more importantly, the enduring appeal of Judy Garland's life and the fascination. I mean, the woman is dead for decades now at this stage and she was in her heyday, what, what 70, near 60, 70 years ago? Why are we still fascinated by her? Why do we still love her? It's it's extraordinary. I mean, she was at the time, no, in, at her peak, she was known as the, the, the greatest entertainer in the world. Uh, you know, rivaling and out-rivaling Frank Sinatra uh, for that kind of uh, accolade. But this is mostly set in the, it's set actually in the last few months of her life, which is 50 years ago, winter 1968, swinging London. And she's going to perform a series of sellout concerts. Mm. In, and her uh, life was in tatters at this time. In stage, tatters. She's fighting on all fronts. She's fighting... Um, like she's she's painfully fragile. She's she's bankrupt. She's seriously addicted to uh, to booze and to barbiturates. She's and engaged bad in men. and bad men. Yeah, but she's had she's seen off four husbands. She's about to embark um, with a, another, uh, a fifth, and she's got sort of bitter custody fight over her two kids that she's actually devoted to, um, with one of her four ex-husbands. Um, but it does include some of you know her best-known songs, including mm-hmm. Over the Rainbow, of course. And there are flashbacks to The Wizard of Oz and a reprehensible, horrible Louis B. Meyer, um, you know, kind of actually bullying mm. her and possibly worse. Well, there was always the, uh, the, uh, the imputation or yeah. the inference that it went beyond just being, uh, you know, a kind of a ruthless Vengali, wasn't there? Um, I, in terms of, uh, now, Zellweger, we know she did Chicago and uh, we know she can sing and in actual fact, she's a, she's a really good song and dance lady. She does uh, all the singing in this. Now, is she doing an impression, a really good impression of Judy Garland or is she doing Judy Garland but in her own voice? I think it's the latter because you, I, I think it was a mistake. I think she should have lip synced and you, you cannot, really? well, you cannot do that voice. It's just the most extraordinary voice. Even towards the end of her career when it was shot? I think it's still Judy Garland and some yeah. of the flashbacks like when she's singing, okay. you know, I just think it's a pity. I mean, of course there's Oscar buzz about this and she will, I'm sure, be in the running but I mean, I've seen, like, she's not. I in my book, she's not like uh, she's not like Lady Gaga and The Star Is mm. Born. She's not in that league. Um, she's 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 good, but it's just oh, it's and the film itself is pretty stodgy. It's pretty, um, I thought, poorly directed and poorly written. Uh, it's got a couple of good lines. She does say at one point, uh, every time I cut a cake, this is her wedding cake, I find I've married another jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's still enough of a fan base and enough of interest in Judy Garland and her life and, uh, you know, the the whole sort of uh, tragic... It's Amy Winehouse 50 years ago. You know, it's just so sad. And so true. And so true. Isn't it extraordinary the way history keeps repeating itself? Okay, now... um, Here's one. Um, I, I I think you probably know quite a few of the protagonists in this, but it's No Stone Unturned, RTE1, Wednesday, uh, 9.35. Uh, that's tonight, isn't it? Obviously. Um, this is uh, th- this is a documentary that has been a long time in the making and long overdue. 
and directed by Oscar-winning director Alex Gibney and very much close to home. Uh, I actually That's reviewed why I said it. That's you probably knew yeah. the protagonist. Well, I certainly, I reviewed it for Ivan um, when it came out in, in, the, in the cinemas, which mm-hmm. it did about two years ago. And it's a, it's a riveting feature documentary. It's, it's obviously, as you probably know, it's set in, it, it starts out in Ju- on June the 18th, 1994, that terrible um, tragedy when two gunmen wearing boiler suits and balaclavas, burst into a, a crowded pub in Lochan Island in County Down. While all the rest of us were watching Ireland play. We were all, and the people in that pub, packed pub, and they uh, opened fire with assault rifles and they killed uh, six people, all of them um, Catholic. Um, but but the, the horror of it was that the, we, the Republic of Ireland was playing Italy, you know, in America, in the, in the World Cup. And... Uh, this is, but this is about, it starts with that, but it becomes an investigation, effectively a kind of a crime investigation into what happened. No one's ever been convicted of the murders. Um, the family members have been kind of looking for answers um, and they felt that the truth was being hidden from them. Alex Gibney's documentary points very clearly to a cover-up and he's investigating collusion between the RUC and the UVF um, like interrogation, or you see interrogation mm. notes with suspects were destroyed, uh, key evidence mysteriously disappeared, uh, and it actually implicates a number of RUC officers. I've, uh, I, I'm obviously by virtue of being in this um, um, business, I have seen many upsetting uh, films and photographs over the years. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything more upsetting than the aftermath of that pub. Uh, the it was like I've actually seen abattoirs where there was less blood, and I've I've only ever watched I've only ever looked at them once, and I just thought, oh God, no, I couldn't, I just could not look at that again, knowing what it was and knowing how the rest of us were all feeling on the night. Now that's my just tiny little bit of you know middle class guilt and whatever. Yeah, in some pretty horrific incidents in the troubles, it it does stand out as one it of the does. very worst. Okay, uh, right. Just for a movie on TV, Gold. It's on Virgin Media three uh, tomorrow night, Thursday at eleven p.m. Uh, this is an offbeat one, but you think it's worth uh, looking out for? Yeah, it's worth a look if you haven't seen it. It's lightweight, it's charming, but it's got a great cast and it's got um, uh, Maisie Williams. Uh, oh, yeah. Doing an extremely good Irish accent, yeah. actually. Maisie what? Williams, i.e. Uh, Game of Thrones. My yeah. favourite character in Game of Thrones. Yes, I think many people's favourite character. Brilliant. Yeah, totally brilliant. Uh, David Wilmot, James Nesbitt, um, who's kind of <laughs> ubiquitous. In and, and the terrific Kerry Condon. A wonderful actress. Yeah. That's a very good cast yeah, for a little small... Yeah, um, it's a really, really good cast. So this and is a labour of love from these people, really. They I think doing so, it for the money. I wouldn't say so, no. It's a pretty low budget, but it's an Irish film and it's, um, it's you know, fair play. It's it's very, little, very enjoyable. John Kelleher, thank you very much.